You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. No matter where you live in Canada, you probably know two things about Quebec. Number one, in Quebec, they speak French. And number two, politicians in Quebec take that very, very seriously. They take it so seriously, in fact, they would now like to change the Constitution. This thing, society, is a plus. Premier François Legault says the French language is fragile, now more than ever. So he's taking an unprecedented step. Its new Bill 96 proposes to add two sentences that Quebecers form a nation and that French shall be the only official language of Quebec. It's about protecting something that will always be vulnerable, which is our language in Quebec. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau agrees that Quebec can just do that on its own. Bill 96 is a dramatic overhaul to Quebec's long-standing language laws, which themselves are a huge part of the province's cultural identity. So whatever your opinion or whatever you might have heard about what's inside Bill 96, you should know this has been a long time coming, and the next few months of discussion will be vital to determining what makes the cut and what the future of language looks like, not just for French, in La Belle Provence. So what do the proposed changes in Bill 96 mean for Quebecers? What do they mean for immigrants to the province? What do they mean to English-speaking Canadians who move there? And for the rest of Canada, now looking at the precedent of a province seeking to unilaterally change Canada's constitution, what kind of precedent does that set? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Tula Dramonis is a Montreal-based journalist. She is also an opinion columnist for Cult Montreal, where she looked at the good, the bad, and the ugly of Bill 96. Hey, Tula. Hey, how are you, Jordan? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time. I want to ask you, maybe just to start, uh, for those of us outside of Quebec, can you give us some context for the ever-evolving uh, language legislation? This is There's a lot of historical connotations here. Right. Oh, God, where to, to begin? Well, basically, Bill 96 is is an upgrade. It's, it's what is supposed to be an upgrade to um, Quebec's language law, otherwise known as Bill 101, you know, which just celebrated 51 years, I think, of existence, uh, which aimed uh, to establish French as the common long, uh, language in, in, in Quebec. And, you know, 50 plus years later, uh, the current government, uh, the, the CAQ, has basically decided because of issues with French, because of uh, the constant kind of fragility of the language, and they feel that um, French is eroding, they needed to upgrade they needed to strengthen that legislation, that piece of legislation. So here we are now with Bill 96. And the historic Bill 101, uh, just for a frame of reference for other people maybe, that's the legislation uh, that makes it illegal for signs to be in only English or for the English to be bigger than the French and a whole bunch of other things, right? Right. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you're asking me to explain it, but it's such a part of my world that in, in some ways it was kind of hard to kind of take a step back and, and explain something that is just so much a part of my daily life. Of course. But yes, and pretty much Quebec, French is the common language here. So basically that means public signs, commercial signs must uh, 
be in French. Um, that is the language of the government. That is usually, you know, when you walk out, when I walk out as a Quebecer and I go, you know, in my daily life as an allophone um, Quebecer uh, who speaks three languages, I, you know, uh, I, the notion is that I, when I go somewhere, I am going to speak to someone in French, that they will usually respond to me in French. And that doesn't mean that you don't hear English because Montreal is very much a cosmopolitan city. You hear all sorts of languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, French is the common language, you know, like new immigrants arriving here will not go into English schools. They will go to, um, you know, their kids will go to French school. The goal is to make sure that people speak French. And when you say that the reason for Bill 96 now is to project the kind of fragility of the French language or or what the government sees as its decline, is that true? Do we know that the number of francophones in Quebec is declining, that the use of French is dwindling? Um, I, I think you'll get a different answer depending on who you speak to on any given time and who you ask. Is is French fragile in Quebec? Is it uh, a language that needs protecting, you know, within the larger framework of a, uh, you know, surrounded by English in North America and within Canada that claims to be officially bilingual but really isn't, right? Uh, in the sense that um, French is still a very much a minority within um, an English Canada. Um, it needs to be protected. It is fragile. It, you know, I can only applaud measures to uh, to ensure its survival. That being said, how the province goes about monitoring, you know, uh, this so-called decrease or fragility of French is is it can be highly questionable at times. If you speak to, you know, certain parties that are, you know, very much separatists or, you know, that want an independent Quebec or people who are, you know, what we like to call hardliners, linguistic hardliners, they'll tell you, oh, my God, French is decreasing. It is dangerous. The numbers keep going down. But how these numbers are measured is what needs to be looked at. In many cases, a lot of these polls that are being um, used as, you know, hard evidence for uh, the decline of French will measure uh, language spoken at home. Now, as an allophone who speaks, you know, uh, Greek, who was raised to speak Greek at home and who speaks English a lot at home, but can speak, you know, is perfectly trilingual and can speak French, I question these kinds of studies. Because if you're looking at maternal language, you're, you're using that as evidence to say that French is declining, when in reality, all it shows is that immigration, you know, is altering the demographics and that, of course, as the birth rate decreases and the population ages and we need more immigration, this is not a Quebec thing, this is not a Quebec problem, this is, you know, a Canadian problem and throughout the world, like, you need immigration, it alters the demographics. So, of course, you're going to see a slight increase, let's say, in the maternal language being something other than French and possibly a decline in maternal language being French. That doesn't necessarily mean that French is declining because in contrary, because immigrant kids are going, you know, are siphoned into the French language system, the um, the status of French itself as a common language and uh, people being able to speak it is doing fine. Mm-hmm. It actually has increased, obviously, since Bill 101. It hasn't gone down. The big story will be back in just a minute. So maybe let's get into some of the highlights of Bill 96 before we kind of discuss their ramifications. And the first thing that I think I have to ask, because I think it's probably the way most non-Quebecers have heard of this bill, is why am I hearing that Quebec wants to change the Constitution? 
<laughs> right. Listen, okay. Um, first, let me preface everything I'm going to say with c- making it very clear that I'm, you know, neither a constitutional expert nor a legal expert, but I'm a journalist who basically did read uh, you know, a hundred page document that, you know, can be convoluted at times. You know, you're talking about a very wide ranging, complex piece of legislation, right? And it doesn't in some ways represent kind of a significant overhaul of Quebec's legal system and so forth. Canada tends to, the rest of Canada, what we refer to in Quebec as the ROC, tends to sometimes look at Quebec not necessarily understanding what goes on here. And and and, and sometimes, you know, there is a, a certain amount of Quebec bashing or this Hmm. inability or unwillingness to kind of see where Quebec is coming from with certain issues. So sometimes I feel like there is this tendency to discuss um, issues that concern Quebec without necessarily understanding a lot of what is going on, you know, and not necessarily always from a very kind of positive point of view or from a point of view of wanting to understand, but just going like, oh, what's Quebec up to this time? Right. You know, what are they complaining about? What are they, you know, what are they, what are they getting involved in this time? Or what are they doing that's not right? Um, I do understand that there are some issues, you know, across the board, and, and including here in Quebec, you know, Quebecers themselves are concerned by a lot of some of these sweeping overrides, you know, of the charter and this unilateral amendment. I don't claim to really understand from a legal point of view exactly what the long-term ramifications are. You know, don't forget that this is a bill that was just introduced and will be discussed at length um, probably for a few months before it actually goes through, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not quite sure whether some of it is legitimately like pieces that are being introduced to this bill to overhaul it, to make it stronger, or how much of it is vote pandering to a certain degree to its base? Because the CAQ tends to be um, a bit of a populist party. Now, they're claiming, you know, like they, they came out and they said, we're introducing uh, one of the key aspects is a unilateral amendment to the Constitution, you know, that Quebecers, and this is how they worded it, Quebecers form a nation and that French is the only official language in Quebec. Now, as far as Quebecers form, you know, and, 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 and Prime Minister Trudeau has kind of alluded to the fact that, yes, based on how the, the Constitution is set up, there are ways for provinces to kind of unilaterally kind of amend certain things if it only concerns them. Mm. But there are certain things that kind of made me shrug. You know, first of all, Quebecers form a nation. Yeah, okay. This is nothing new. I mean, it was, I remember Harper talking about this back in the day. Right. I think most people who have a basic understanding of, of Quebec and, 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 and Francophones, you know, uh, as a minority in Canada and as a majority in Quebec, within Quebec, would understand that, yes, you know, French Quebecers um, form a nation in the sense that they are quite distinct and it's, you know, their history is quite distinct and their linguistic, um, you know, survival and cultural survival are are kind of based on having kind of this distinct uh, nation. I don't I, I don't think most people would kind of have a real issue with it. And if it wants, you know, if they want it to be worded in the Constitution, I, I personally, as, as, as an allophone Quebecer, don't really have a major issue with it. And I think most Canadians, if they kind of understood it, probably wouldn't have an issue with it either, because I don't know how it would affect them in any possible way. And again, I'm not sure if that opens the door, if the concerns are, does it open the door to other issues, you know, uh, for other people and for other provinces necessarily. Um, French being the only official language of Quebec, again, you know, this is something that 
can be discussed from a, a variety of viewpoints. You know, there are a lot of people that automatically will will say, well, you know, what about indigenous communities and what about indigenous languages? Why is there such an emphasis on preserving French? Yet there doesn't seem to be absolutely nothing in a hundred page document that discusses the fragility uh, of indigenous languages, uh, most of them in much more dire straits than, you know, French right now. That seems like a fair point. Absolutely. And and it's a fair point that many are bringing up because unfortunately, for better or for worse, and most of the times for worse, we have a tendency, and I say we because I'm very much part of Quebec, but at the same time, and I understand a lot of these issues and a lot of these uh, concerns from uh, from the Francophone's point of view, but at the same time, I do feel that um, there has been such an emphasis on survival and preservation of making sure, you know, this, like, we need to make sure that French survives and culture survives that there there tends to be this kind of this tendency to kind of naval to spend a lot of time navel gazing here you know the majority tends to forget about other people's concerns about minorities concerns they see themselves french quebecers have such a tendency historically to see themselves as persecuted minority and justifiably so certain times because of their history um, but they tend to forget that that is no longer their status in some ways like yes they need to make sure that french is preserved and the culture remains and that we need to take all the necessary steps to make sure that French not only survives but thrives. There's nothing wrong with that. But you can do that in a, in a, in a productive, proactive kind of way without necessarily always taking the stance of um, we are the victims, we need to stand up to, I don't know, whether it's once upon a time British colonizers, whether it's Allophones now, you know, or immigrants um, somehow compromising the viability of French or the rest of Canada. There, there seems to be this tendency that the rest of Canada is always, always ready to harp on Quebec and always ready to take down Quebec. When in reality, most other provinces really are not spending their daily, you know, their daily time like thinking about Quebec that much. I am sure there are some Quebecers listening to this right now, uh, taking exception to that. But rather than then probe whether or not um, Quebec likes to play the victim or not, or or is justified in doing so sometimes. I'm hoping you can explain to us, and not everything at all, I know, because it's a huge bill, but what are the main things in here that will change the actual lives of Quebecers? Mm-hmm. And and let me preface this uh, by just just clarifying a point here. Um, two things can simultaneously be true, right? Quebec can and should uh, justifiably be wanting to protect its language and its culture, and at the same time be kind of delving into this self-victimization kind of thing that, you know, not everything is Quebec bashing. You know, people are allowed to criticize a bill. People are allowed to criticize legislation. Um, People are allowed to criticize things that take place here without automatically being interpreted as Quebec bashing. Of course. Um, How will this bill change life? Here's the thing. Bill 96 has the potential to affect so many different aspects of, you know, daily life here, you know, whether it's business, whether it's employment, whether it's access to um, public service, education. And like I said, when I wrote the piece, you know, and I did refer to it as the good, the bad, and the ugly, there are some great points, you know. Um, Bill 101 will increase 
a lot of, it'll create this one-stop shop, you know, called Francisation Quebec, where basically newcomers can come in and easily integrate and easily access like language services uh, and all the resources they need to actually learn and better integrate and streamline. Uh, it'll, it'll bring together, you know, kind of streamline, harmonize a process that when I've spoken to immigrants will tell me it, it can be quite uh, convoluted. It can be quite messy. There are a lot of layers of bureaucracy. It makes it complicated. So um, I think that is good. Any efforts, any proactive efforts to make it easier for people to learn French, to access French services, to you know better integrate into Quebec are, is a good thing. Uh, another thing that I think is, is, is amazing, and it didn't really even come from the current government, it came from a liberal MNA, Greg Kelly, is a proposal to offer French uh, language lessons to everyone who wants them. Not just, because right now as it stands, Um, only recent immigrants have access to free French lessons. If you if you come here and you know you're from somewhere else, you you can get to learn um, French for free. But that kind of forgets the fact that there are a lot. You know, it kind of negates the fact that there are a lot of people Canadians that come from other provinces that never really had the opportunity to learn French properly. Right? Maybe they right. took a year or two somewhere and high school, or I don't know what the system is exactly in the rest of Canada, but they are not eligible to speak, to, to take these French lessons. And I think it's important that they should be able to. Or there are a lot of um, Quebecers that didn't benefit from Bill 101. And I say benefit because really, um, English Quebecers post Bill 101 are like 95%, I think at this point, the latest polls showed them to be fully bilingual. That is amazing. You know, like ang Anglophones here are bilingual. Allophones are trilingual. Yeah. That's a plus. It's, it's a richness to be able to speak more languages. Things that are questionable, you know, uh, they're trying to limit Francophones' access to CJEPs, to CJEPs. Basically, they would prioritize English, the Anglophones here, who have a priority, who have um, ac priority access to these English schools. Uh, but they would limit Francophones' access, which a lot of Francophones are not too happy about because they want to have the option of doing their high school in French and then transferring over to English because it improves, it improves their English, right? So um, that is something that has is not necessarily seen as as a positive by even a lot of francophones that I know. Right, um, francophone parents who want the access, you know, for their kids to be able to be fully bilingual. Those are some of the headlines uh, of the bill, and I guess the things that might really change how people exist day to day. But one of the things you wrote in your piece uh, is. Plenty of moves in the bill give the impression of doing something while not really doing much at all. Uh, can you elaborate on that? And, and what kinds of stuff are you talking about? Um, what I was referring to is more playing to their base, you know, as kind of um, this notion of will instill this sense of pride or will this instill this sense of kind of pride in the language and the culture, which is which is all wonderful things. But by being, you know, for example, uh, this unilateral amendment, you know, that's saying Quebecers form a nation or Quebec French is the only official language of, you know, Quebec. Yeah, that's that's all great. But to me, these are all kind of more symbolic than anything else, because at the end of the day, what I want to see, and I would assume that anyone who's genuinely interested in preserving and, and protecting a language, I would want to see measures that, you know, for example, we have serious issues with the literacy and dropout rates here in Quebec. 
um, you know, a whopping 19% of Quebecers are illiterate. This is a huge problem. You know, you're talking about 1 million Quebecers who can't really read or write properly. Right. And I'm not saying this is uniquely a Quebec problem because illiteracy is, you know, a, a Canadian problem as well. And uh, it's something that needs to be tackled. But it is a genuine problem here. You know, we have the lowest graduation rates in Canada. Uh, we are having issues with attracting because teachers are not paid really well. So we're having issues attracting uh, teachers. Uh, as a result, we have a lot of unqualified teachers, like the numbers are, are skyrocketing because we have historic shortages. So here we have a hundred page document and I nowhere do I see any measures to kind of tackle these real issues. Where's the budget for this? Where? Why are we not investing in better language acquisition, teaching French better, making sure that, um, you know, people love the language and treat it properly. Why are we not investing in, te- in our teachers, uh, making sure that they're better paid so that there's actually uh, a desire for people to enter the fields? To, to, to me, these are the proactive measures that I want to see. I want to see people, you know, I want to see a government that wants to increase access to French and increase the quality of French that's being taught, because that's how you protect a language. It's not by decreasing access to English that you're going to attain that. You're All you're doing is kind of appealing to a, a certain segment of the population that still continues to see kind of any other language, particularly English, because of the historic kind of imbalance and, and you know, um, English being seen, you know, back in the day as the language of the bosses and of the, mm-hmm. of the people who had the upper hand. And I understand this knee-jerk reaction, but today, in, in 2021, what are the real challenges to French? And it's not the English. It's just not, you know, it's not the minority Anglophone community here that is a threat uh, who have already, you know, uh, adjusted and have already, you know, are already speaking French and are making sure their kids speak French. They are not the enemy. They are not the ones, you know, it's not by decreasing English that you're going to increase access to French or protect French. Those are my main concerns, really. And we have now, I guess, a few months before this bill might become law officially. Uh, You've kind of already outlined that. But I guess my last question then is just with so much of it seeming like window dressing, but with also, you know, big steps uh, like the Constitution, how popular is this bill in Quebec right now? Do we know? Do we have any idea? I'm assuming the opposition has some complaints, but but what about among regular French speakers? I, I think it has, I think it enjoys actually pretty, uh, pretty decent popularity. And you're right. I think there is a certain segment, the heart, you know, the linguistic hardliners, as I said earlier in the opposition, uh, they, you know, for them, it will never be satisfactory enough. You know, no matter how uh, stringent these new guidelines are, this new legislation is, it would never be uh, strict enough for them, right? Uh it's just it will never go far enough for them. On the other hand, you have people who are and are members of the Anglophone community who fear it goes it goes way too far and it infringes on individual rights. And I think there is a legitimate conversation to be had about uh, the fact that this government has chosen, you know, to kind of bring forward the notwithstanding clause twice with Bill ninety six and Bill twenty one, uh, it it kind of employs the same kind of sweeping human rights overrides, you know, and these are conversations that need to be had. These are kind dangerous moves. You're explicitly saying, you know, collective rights will override 
human rights. I mean, this is, uh, again, Bill 96 overrides, you know, the Canadian Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms and the Quebec. Both both charters are being infringed upon here. So this is something that should be discussed and, and is cause for, it's a legitimate criticism of the bill. That being said, I think the CAQ has managed to kind of find the sweet spot where it will, you know, the majority of Francophones see it as a reasonable a reasonable piece of legislation that will protect and, 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 you know, protect the French language and make sure that it, you know, enjoys uh, the protection that it needs. And at the same time, it appe- it appeals to, you know, uh, a segment of the population that wants to hear these buzzwords and the things that they, they want to feel, they want to feel that their government is working towards taking all the necessary measures, you know, but I do, but I also understand the, some of the concerns of uh, the English minority, you know, it is a waning uh, minority that has legitimate concerns about it, its institutions, its its um, its its ability to protect its language as well. You know, people need to not con- conflate the two. You know, the the English minority is not the power of English in North America. These are two different, two very different things. Tula, thank you so much for explaining this to us. It's really helpful for those outside of the province. I hope I explained it as much as best as I could. It's a, again, it's a very convoluted topic, um, and uh, I think we've just only started to analyze it. You know, like the uh, the implications could be quite far-reaching and, and unpredictable. We don't know. I think there's a lot of months of discussion up ahead. We'll check in with you as we get closer to the finish line. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you, Tula Dramonas of Cult Montreal, and many other publications. That was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. Find us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. Email us anytime, especially if you've got opinions on language in Quebec, because I know a lot of you do. We're at TheBigStoryPodcast, all one word, at rci.rogers.com. And lastly, if you happen to be cruising through your new podcast player, maybe you switched from one to another, if you did... Like us in that one too. Follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, everything they let you do. We're waiting for it. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.